This week, Jay Rosen takes us through the SAP Foreign Corrupt Practices Enforcement Action. First, a word from Nick Gallo about the ethics verse. Your network is your net worth. Neither are big enough. Hi, this is Nick, Chief Servant at Ethico and host of the Ethics Verse, the coolest place to be every Thursday at noon Eastern. The Ethics Verse is our weekly free webinar series where we invite the top minds in the ethics and compliance space to share their knowledge on topics that matter most to people on the front lines. These are not thinly veiled sales presentations. These are weekly sessions that help you elevate your impact and build an authentic culture of integrity with tactics on how to sustainably crowdsource risk intelligence at scale within your organization. Join the special community each week to build your network, earn free CEUs, win the hottest books in the ethics and compliance space, and gain insights you can implement immediately to expand your impact and reinforce your culture of integrity. You can continue to be the hero within your organization. Go to ethico.com cpn to book a demo, sign up for the ethics verse, and download the exclusive white paper by Tom Fox, 2023, the year in compliance. The uh, year in FCPA enforcement started off with a bang on January 10th with the announcement of a resolution of the outstanding SAP enforcement action. The bribery schemes used by SAP were massive in scope and literally worldwide in geographic area. SAPSE agreed to pay the Department of Justice and the SEC approximately $222 million in penalties and disgorgement. SAP also entered into a three-year deferred prosecution agreement with the Department of Justice, imposing a $118.8 million criminal penalty and administrative forfeiture of $103.4 million. The SEC order found that SAP violated the FCPA by employing third-party intermediaries and consultants from at least December 2014 through January 2022 to pay bribes to government officials and to obtain business with public sector customers in seven countries, South Africa, Malawi, Kenya, Tanzania, Ghana, Indonesia, and Azerbaijan. Given SAP's prior SAP enforcement history, it's recidivist, sorry, practice, FCPA status, its culture of non-compliance and non-prosecution agreement from 2021 with the DOJ's National Security Division, as well as administrative agreements with the Departments of Commerce and Treasury relating to export law violations. One might wonder how SAP was able to receive such a superior result. SAP used third parties monikered as business development partners, BDPs, which were eligible to earn commissions for SAP sales on which they assisted. The bribery schemes are so pedestrian, yet they permeated the company from 2014 to 2022. The very pedestrian nature serves not only as a warning for companies and compliance professionals, but also a roadmap for compliance program monitoring, improvement, and remediation. First off, in South Africa and the bribery schemes, payments were made for non-existence work or services billed by corrupt agents. In Indonesia, intermediaries used fake training invoices to issue payments that were created slush funds to pay bribes. Sound familiar? Employees at Indonesia intermediaries created shell companies to generate these false expenses. And finally, in Azerbaijan, Lastly, a middle-level SAP employee provided improper gifts in December 2021 and January 2022 to multiple officials in an effort to close business. 
SAP entered into a three-year deferred prosecution agreement with the Department of Justice. Given the multi-year range from 2014 to 2022, various bribery and corruption schemes worldwide geographic scope, the amounts paid in bribes and benefits garnered by SAP from their corruption, one might charitably wonder how the company was able to reap such a positive outcome of only a fine and a penalty. Here's, we'll take a look a little bit closer. The starting point for this analysis is the DOJ and their deferred prosecution agreement. The first key point to note is that there is no self-disclosure by SAP. As the DPA noted, SAP only began to cooperate after investigative reports were made public in South Africa in 2017. The DAP, or the rather, I think they, I mean DPA, noted that SAP immediately began to cooperate after the South African reports were made public and the South African-related misconduct of 2017. This provided regular prompt and detailed updates to the fraud section. The cooperation included producing relevant documents and other information to the fraud section from multiple foreign countries expeditiously while navigating foreign data privacy and related laws. The company promptly collected, analyzed, and organize voluminous information, including complex financial info. It translated voluminous foreign language documents to facilitate and expedite and view the foreign, the fraud section office. Here's the remediation. The DPA reported extensive remediation by the company as well as information provided in the DPA and is instructive for every compliance professional. The DPA noted that SAP engaged in some of the following steps. One, they conducted a root cause analysis of underlying conduct. They, two, conducted a gap analysis of internal controls. Three, they took a comprehensive risk assessment focusing on high-risk areas. Four, documented use of comprehensive operational and compliance data. Five, significantly increased the budget resources and expertise devoted to compliance. Six, enhance its code of conduct and policies and procedures. Seven, enhance its reporting of investigations and consequence management processes. Eight, expanded its data analytic capabilities for over 150 countries, including all high-risk countries globally. And finally, they disciplined any and all employees who were involved in this conduct. Obviously, SAP engaged in a wide range of remedial actions. It all started with the root cause analysis. Root cause analysis was enshrined in the FCPA Resource Guide Second Edition as one of the hallmarks of an effective compliance program. It stated the truest measure of a, an effective compliance program is how it responds to compliance or in misconduct. Accordingly, for a compliance program to be truly effective, it would have a well-functioning and appropriately funded mechanism for the timely and thorough investigation of any allegations or suspicions of misconduct by its company, its employees, or agents. Sorry about that. Equally of interest are the references to data analytics and data-driven compliance. SAP not only did so around its third-party program, but also expanded its data analytic capabilities to cover over 150 countries, including all high-risk countries globally. The SEC 
order also noted that SAP had implemented data analytics to review high-risk translations. The DPA follows the Aberal FCPA settlement by noting again that data analytics is now used by SAP to measure the program's effectiveness. This language follows a long line of DOJ pronouncements, starting with the 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs about corporate compliance functions or access to all company data. This is the second time it's been called out in a settlement agreement in this manner. Additionally, it appears that by using data analytics, SAP was able to satisfy the DOJ's requirement for implementing controls and then effectively testing these controls throughout the pendency of the investigation. Finally, the DOJ noted that SAP had enhanced and had committed to continuing to enhance its compliance program and internal controls, including ensuring that its compliance program satisfied the minimum elements set forth in attachment C of the DPA. Based on all these factors, SAP's remediation and the state of its compliance program, the company's agreement to report to the fraud section office set forth attachment D to this agreement. The DOJ determined that an independence monitor was unnecessary. And after this little bit, Matt will give his thoughts on that. All in all, this seems to be an outstanding result for SAP which the company and its compliance team should take great credit in going forward. The DOJ is clearly sending the message that self-disclosure is the most important thing a company can do in any FCPA investigation or enforcement action. So to leave you with this, the DOJ's message could not be any more clearer. Self-disclose, self-disclose. Jay, how do you assess the, and I know you talked about it a little bit, but we had a, some really incredibly bad facts. Mm-hmm. So it's the message here that you can make a comeback if you follow these prescriptions so that you've laid out that the yeah, DOJ has told us about. And I, and I don't think this is just recent now. I think we've seen it last the last two to three years. I believe that one of the significant areas that, we, that I spoke about here was data analytics. And it's not going away. We're still in the month of January, and we've had two big FCPA matters announced, and preferential treatment was given to those companies that use data-driven analytics. So I think not only is it if you've got <clears throat> the bad facts, but if you have good data, they can somehow balance each other out. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the FCPA Compliance Report. Compliance Podcast Network is sponsored this month by Ethico. Ethico is a leader for compliance champions like yourself with its ethics and compliance optimization system built to turn goals and guidelines into real ROI for your program. For more information and a special white paper, go to ethico.com slash CPN. If you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes, I'm taking up the return of Sherlock Holmes, short stories from that novel on this season of Adventures in Compliance. Check it out all on the Compliance Podcast Network. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.